This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. We are recording again, and we'll dive right into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. And you heard from him this past Monday, and I'm blessed to be welcoming Dan Kopp back on the show to talk a little bit more about the power of me. Dan, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored to be on the podcast, so thank you. Man, I am super excited about this, and and we riff about this a little bit. And I think this is the alignment that I love where... You know, a lot of what I talk about is leading yourself before you lead others. And you highlight this in such a beautiful way with your book. So I want to give you the opportunity to talk about what is the power of me? The overall massive vision attached to your book and the tenets that you put together. Can you talk to us a little bit about the power of me and why that's so important in leadership? Absolutely. I've been like most of us who are trying to learn about leadership. We encounter a lot of things out there that, you know, seven, 12, seven steps to good leadership, 12 tactics, all these different things that are sort of like a script to follow that makes sense. But if you're not the person who wrote the script, might be difficult to enact. So also, there's a lot of books out there that says these are the characteristics of good leaders. Well, by default, if somebody doesn't have those, would you think, well, I'm obviously not a good leader because I don't have those. So taking those into account, I never read a book or encountered learning on leadership where I said, oh, this is it. I'm just going to follow these steps and I'm going to do it. So couple that with my understanding that for years, I realized that it's hard to learn from other leaders and we all lead differently. So about five years ago, those two thoughts came to mind. I was prepping to teach a class. And I realized they're related. It's hard to lead from other leaders because we are different. So I can't sit down and read someone's 12-step to great leadership book and say, hey, I'm going to do that because I'm not that person. We've had different life experience, different gender, ethnicity, races, whatever the case may be, we're all different. So the power of me, I help my clients, whether it's through mentoring, coaching, or just straight up consulting, everybody has it in them to be a leader. We've all got values. We've all got strengths. It's a, The trick is identifying those things, work through those lenses, understanding yourself, and then taking some general approaches to leadership to be successful. And that's what my book does. I go through a process of des- describing who I am, more importantly, why I am that person. And then at the end of the day, I said, here are nine general approaches to leadership that you don't have to be me in order to embrace and have success doing, and they're going to lead to better leadership. So it's not a 10-step, pro- a nine-step process. It's just ideas that should drive you on a daily basis. And I argue, or I, I explain where I encounter them, how I learn them, why it works, that type of thing. And I think that's huge. The 10-step process is, is great for some things, right? right. But sometimes it puts us into very, and in the military, I think we saw this doctrine, right? People get so stuck on, this is the only way to be. You have to step-by-step follow where compared to what you're putting out there for us, it's more the ideology behind what should drive you forward, what should summarize the leadership skill. Because one thing that I didn't like about the military, it was like, here's your box. 
stay in it. Don't step outside of it. And this is what you're expected to be as a leader. Have you seen that type of pushback in any type of leadership? Do you see people excelling more outside of that hardcore framework with what you're providing? You know, it's a mixture. People, some people can read a book and learn from it and try to attempt the nine step, 10 step process the next day and have some level of success. But again, it feels like they're enacting someone else's plans when that occurs. That's what I always felt like. So with my approach, I get people to understand you're who you are. You're not wrong, right, or right. You're who you are. That is a fact. Let's take who you are and just approach things through these lenses. So you don't have, there's no step-by-step process. It's just keep this in mind. And when you have something in front of you, these are the things that should be dictating how you act. Yeah, I think that's huge because it's, like I said, I, I hate seeing the brainwashing that you sometimes see from, right. from people. And I think that makes the transition really difficult away from that piece of it where I guess even 15 years ago, I'm going to work later. It's one of those I even struggled with, right? Re-identifying those pieces of leadership that I wanted for myself and my core values and, and my core tenets and that aspect of things. Is that part of it? And I know you, you mentioned different aspects of the tenets. Are there some of those tenets that help people form that or like push that thought process of like the alignment of self with the overall leadership style, if that makes sense? It does. And I, I think when I explain some of the lessons I've encountered that made me realize these things were important, they are personal in nature, sometimes professional in nature, but they resonate with people so that they make sense. And when I give examples, I can give examples that show people through their own lens how it would manifest itself in their life. So that allows them to see how it's relevant to them and it it makes sense to them versus, well, some dude wrote a book and there's 12 steps I got to follow. Well, what's number three? I'm supposed to do this now. So I think because I made it personal, but there's also a professional lens, like some of my life lessons are both personal and professional. I think it resonates with people that they can understand that they are who they are and they're not wrong for that. And there are approaches they can take that will make them better at what they do. So overall, when they start taking these approaches, what would you say that like really, if somebody's struggling with this, and it's something that I recognize in the past, I felt something was missing, right? Like did really good work done some amazing things, but like still that internal piece, something was missing. Is there something they should go seeking out? Is there something that you'd say, take this first step to kind of be that guiding path or that initial tactic? Absolutely. The first thing I do with those I mentor, coach, and, and even some of my consulting clients is let's talk about who you are at your core. And most adults can readily spew forth five to seven values they hold dear to them. My next follow-up question causes all sorts of grief for most of my clients, and that is, why are those your values? Because most people have not discovered or even thought about, for example, I had a colleague who I knew her family was very important to her, and I told her one of her values before I said, family's important to you. She said, well, of course it is. How'd you know? And I literally told her all the different ways that value manifested itself in her life. So it was obvious to everybody her family was important to her. So then I asked her, why? She looked at me like I was crazy. What do you mean, why? Because they're my family. I said, but family's not on everybody's top five or seven. You're not wrong for having family. I'm not wrong for not having family. But there's a reason we're different. What's that? Why is family important to you? And that's literally... 
typically is not something that people can discover in one conversation. Typically, that's let's just go through this exercise in the first coaching call. We'll revisit it in the next one, maybe in the third. And by the fourth, we maybe have figured out all four of them. I went down this path of self-discovery back starting in 2010. It wasn't until about 2015 that I figured out one of the tenets where it came from. The first time I remember encountering it. So it's not an overnight thing. I was uncomfortable doing it myself initially, but once I got in the groove, it it really helped me become a better me, a better leader, a better person, a better father, a better husband, and a better everything. And when I can understand me, picture any job you've ever had or a job interview. It's pretty easy to show up as yourself. And when you're comfortable knowing who you are and can articulate and can articulate who you are, that's powerful because as most people are aware, when you're looking for a job, it's about fit. Here I am. Here's why I am. If it's a good fit, great. I've got the job. If it's not a good fit, I shouldn't have the job anyway. So that's really resonated with me when I started down this path because discovering why I am is very powerful or was very powerful. And I'm still working on it. It's been 10, 12 years now that I've been thinking about this and I, I know I'm not perfect. I think that's such a great piece to understand and creating that are re-identifying those pieces of, the, of yourself that you love and those pieces of things that make you who you are. You have to have grace attached to it. You don't walk into a gym, do one bicep curl and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like you have to continually do the reps, right. have the accountability, have a coach, for instance, that will right. keep you going down this path. Is that piece of it? Do you really think that part is so key attached to the accountability, having that person of that world, a battle buddy in the military, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because when you try to do things in isolation, whether it's in your job, you're a solopreneur, you live alone, it's easier when you have another point of view, which is one of my tenets that we could get to here in a minute. But when you have others' points of view, your ultimately your decision, your action is going to be more informed and perhaps better. It may have been what you were going to do in the first place, but when you have somebody else's point of view to, to at least affirm that, you have more confidence in what you're about ready to do. Yeah. Let's dive into that. Expand on that a little bit as one of the tenets before we wrap up for today. All right. So one of the tenets is lead like King Arthur. And for those of you who I've learned in the last five or 10 years that Perhaps the younger generations don't know what that means as much as the older generations do. But leading like King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table, he had his trusted advisors at the table and they had collective input on the task at hand. I've always led like that because I'll be the first one to say I'm not the most intelligent person in the room and I don't have all the answers. So when I engage my contemporaries, my team, even if the people, if it's my direct reports and I'm the executive and I've got my directors or whatever your titles are, one step below or even two steps below, and I'm engaged with them, they've got points of view that I may not be aware of, or they might have a a better way of answering the quandary in front of me than I had thought of. So most people understand it when I just said that. So you want diverse, if you got a leadership team, you want diversity around it. You name a way you can be diverse, that's what you want around your table, because the more diverse the people, the more diverse the opinions. You still may own the decision at the end of the day, but you're going to be better off if you've embraced all those different voices before you make a decision. So here's how a different way to explain it. And I've actually called it King Arthur and the tissue box. I had this discussion with leaders 
about five years ago in a coaching environment, the executive coach was, there were five of us in the room and one on the screen remoted in, maybe it was three years ago, three or five years ago. We're talking about this. I talked about King Arthur and they shared a situation where they had an identical situation and they reacted differently. And it sort of blew up both in their face. Both of them had a blow in their face. So one of them said at the end, boy, we should have sort of done what half of what you did and half of what I did, maybe sort of met in the middle, it would have been better. So about two or three hours later, when it was finally my turn to have a discussion and lead on part of the discussion, I said, hey, we need to go back to that comment made two hours ago because we need to talk about King Arthur now. So I talked about there happened to be a tissue box in the middle of the in the middle of the table. So when they said that, it was literally between the two of them. But had one of them just said, my decisions were better, let's assume that tissue box represented the answer. He would have been sitting there hugging that tissue box, and he would have no idea if that was the answer where it should have been. But when we start saying, here's the tissue, but here's the answer. This is where I think it should be, and everybody has input. In essence, the placement of that tissue box could theoretically be an average of everybody's opinion. It could have landed right back in his lap. It could have landed in the middle of the table where it started. You'll never know if you're closer to the best answer unless you engage others. So leading like King Arthur or the placement of the tissue box, that is important because you want diverse input, especially when you're deciding points of contention. COVID related, people who've had to make decisions about COVID in the last three years. You don't want to make those in isolation. You may have to own the decision when you you know, get out of the boardroom and go own the decision. Absolutely. But your decision will hopefully be the best of the worst because no decisions were made good with COVID. But you're going to be a, you're going to have a better informed decision if you embrace other points of view. Yeah, I think that's huge. And and I think it's a really interesting piece and dichotomy attached to, you know, it's not necessarily a democracy all the time, right? No, you don't necessarily take it, let everybody make a decision. But it is one of those to bring different perspectives forward. So you can make the most educated decision based on that. Absolutely. It's absolutely huge. I, I love that. I think that is so key in so many ways. And I'm a part of masterminds. I run a couple of masterminds and that piece of it, bring different perspectives into a room of like-minded individuals. And if you don't surround yourself like that, or you surround yourself with yes, people, yes, yes, yes. Everything you say, all of a sudden there's stunted growth, stunted everything, especially you personally, you become stunted. And I, I love that you brought that as a huge tenant attached to everything. Remind the audience, where can we find the book? Where we can find more about you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? The book is The Power of Me Leadership, Nine Tenets for Every Leader. Leading Like King Arthur is one of them. I discuss how I discovered that and why I approach it. And there's an example of Leading Like King Arthur. It's going to look different in my world than it does in yours, but we both can do it. You don't have to be me to lead like King Arthur. You've got to rely on your team. I'll rely on mine. So it's on Amazon, both in print and an ebook. And you can reach me at dan at leadingbuffalo.com, dan at leadingbuffalo.com. And I do have a couple offers for your listeners. If you contact me and you want a free coaching session, the first 10 people who contact me mention this podcast. I'll get with an hour free coaching session. And also through Dynamico, which we talked about on the other episode where we work with employers and help them harness the power of their compensation system, which allows them to make connections with their employees, thus attracting people who fit and retaining them, which is huge. We'll knock off 20% off our licensing fee on that as well. So just mention the podcast when you contact me at dan at leadingbuffalo.com. You can also find us on the web at leadingbuffalo.com. Love to work with you. My legacy is the impact you can have on those around you. So I'd be happy to help you 
start reaching your potential immediately. I love it, Dan. I appreciate you. I appreciate you bringing not only your wisdom, but also that offer for those leaders out there to further themselves. So thank you so much for that. And I appreciate your time today, my friend. Well, it's honored to be here. So thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.